Welcome to Bound for Justice, your weekly podcast that explores race, reconciliation, and social justice, one book at a time. Join us for a candid discussion about taking steps to create change in our lives and the communities we live in. And now your hosts, Rachel Rosman and Charlotte Wilson. All right, ladies, welcome back to another episode of Bound for Justice. How's everybody doing this week? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Hope everything's going well with you. Yeah, pretty good. Doing good. Awesome. Well, I'm Charlotte Wilson. I'm Rachel Rasman. And I'm Sharissa Foley. So glad to have you guys along for another episode of Bound for Justice. Um, Any updates from anybody this week? Anything you guys want to share? Fun adventures or things going on with the fam? Trying to get our last little bit of summer in at the pool, at the water park, you know, soaking in some sun rays. That's about it. My daughter went on vacation with my mom, and I had a great list planned of all the things I was going to accomplish while she was gone. Zero. Zero of those things got accomplished. So, <laughs> Well, I hope you got, you got some relaxation in. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't even remember the week anymore. Hey, like, it's just all... Self-care is important. There so, there you go. I'm gonna... Very important. <laughs> yeah, um, my girls were away, too. They've been in various places on trips. Um, it without me. And, uh, but we did take advantage of, um, the time away. Uh, my husband and I, we did a little tour of, uh, some wineries in Ohio. So who knew we, there are over 290 wineries in the state of Ohio, believe it or not. So did you make it to all of them? Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no but we did have fun, you know, popping into a few as we, um, moved, drove up to Cleveland and, uh, you know, had some fun conversations with a few of the folks, obviously, you know, Wines of varying qualities. Uh, it's not not quite Napa Valley, um, but we really did have a good time. And there there are so many that we realized that you know there there are lots of other places that we could take quick trips and you know just run and do a tasting here and there. So looking forward to exploring more of the wineries in Ohio. That I'm, sounds really fun. I was a little disappointed that you didn't think that Ohio <laughs> wines were at Napa Napa Valley you know, level, but you know, we'll, we'll work at it. We'll, we'll work, work on, on it. Yeah. I'll work on my pride, my Ohio pride. Where's <laughs> what, did you have a favorite one though? While we're... Um, actually the, the wine that I enjoyed the most actually was produced by a family that grows their grapes in California, but then they produce the wine here in Ohio uh-huh. and they have a long standing history of a family history, not only in Ohio, but also in California producing oh. wines. So nice. is that cheating though? Um, I think it's making the best of what you have. And I think it's writing California's coattails. I think that's actually what that's called. I I enjoyed it. I'm not, I'm not hating. Well, maybe you can make it to the rest of those 200 to see which one you really like the best. Well, maybe we can make a trip and do a few together. That sounds like a great idea. That sounds great. I'll be there. For sure. I'm there. Okay. So the book that we are discussing this week is Born a Crime, which is written by Trevor Noah. And I know a couple of weeks ago, we've, you know, we know discussing race, racial justice, social justice can be a heavy topic. And I know, you know, we, in our past podcast, we've, we've covered a few things, especially with, when we talked about the When They See Us um, series, which very important topics, but sometimes can be a little heavy. And so I know we were talking about what are some of the things that we could do to maybe switch it up a little bit and still stay true to sort of our goal of the podcast, but maybe introduce some variety into um, the topics or the books that we discussed. And Rachel, you recommended Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, um, who is... 
actually from South Africa, but he was uh, in South Africa during right before apartheid ended and then, you know, working through that transition of um, seeing things change in the country and really sharing his experiences as a young man growing up in that environment. Yes, I wanted to read it and it was kind of funny. I had a list of books I wanted to read and somebody said, um, you should read the Trevor Noah one because it's so funny and it goes so fast. And then another friend of mine had commented, it was on social media, had commented, when a book about apartheid is the the lighthearted reading of your reading <laughs> list, like you really need to reflect. And so I thought it was kind of, I mean, it really was a nice change from the heavier topics we'd um We've been reading lately, yeah. but it still did touch a lot of important subjects. Yeah, and I still felt like I learned a ton yes. about just um, the at the environment in South Africa um, during you know during during and right after apartheid. I do think that it's uh, interesting how he can take such uh, important topics and put a humor spin on it. You know, it's he's he's amazing at that, and so it did make it really easy to read. But like you said, Charlotte, I learned a lot, too. Yeah. So. so, Rachel, you said you read the actual book. I listened to the audio book, which is only available exclusively through Audible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sharissa, did you read the book or did you? Um... I also listened to it on Audible. Yes. Okay. So, which I found very entertaining, um, very fun because... Trevor has his accent, which is great. Oh my gosh! And when he does the voice for his like great grandma and his yes, grandma, and hilarious. His, oh yeah, the voices that he did. Even his voice when he was um, portraying himself as a child was really good. So <laughs> I, had, I now I'll have to get it. I have a credit just sitting there staring at me. So I guess I'll have to. Uh, it would be well worth spending that audible credit. Yes, on very book. worth it. It's so funny. Um, yeah, it's because it the book in general was <clears throat> was really fun. Actually. Let's just get to our let's just get to our questions, our discussion topics. Um, one of the things I thought about the book was that it was so funny to read, but as you're reading it, the stories are so traumatizing as well. Like any other author, this would have taken a completely different tone. But the way Trevor Noah pronoun- uh, presents the stories, it's so funny, and it's like it's almost unbelievable like some of the things that you read about you think this is there's no way like this is not going to turn out this way and then it does and it's just a quick story and he moves on to something else whereas that would it was a huge thing to me so I didn't know if there was a certain a certain story that stood out to you or um I don't I with me I loved listening to stories about his mom with like the she would when she was trying to chase after him, yes, she would say that, like, she would say he was a thief that yes, stole her purse. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> or, or like when she said he wasn't her kid. Yeah, and yeah. he was all, all confused. Was yes, yeah. yeah. So I thought that her, her um, parental tactics, maybe we'll say, or strategies, were a little different. But I didn't know if you guys had a story that really stuck out with you. And what were they? I think just overall. Um, what stuck out to me was just how amazing his mom was. I mean, she wasn't perfect. <laughs> Her parenting um, tactics were rather unique. They were effective, uh, but they were rather unique. But she had this sense of resiliency, and she didn't let what was normal stand in her way. Um, you know, uh, the story about how 
um, she was going to get a job and, you know, I think she was told that she should just be a housekeeper and she's like, no, I'm going to go be a secretary. And so she took a course and which was completely not something that a woman of color would be doing Mm -hmm. during apartheid in South Africa. And so um, she just didn't let stuff stand in her way. She was kind of bullheaded in a lot of ways um, and she just kept things going. She made the best of it, but she had a lot of faith, too. And so I liked that about her a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, She really stuck to her faith. She was very, very faithful to her, um, to her religion. Um, And so I can imagine as we can all see how uh, her, her being his mom affected him in such a positive way. I mean, he's such a successful person that her resiliency, her faith, her tenacity, her parenting definitely made a positive impact on him. So I really liked her. Did you love how they would argue back and forth about religion, yes. though? I love that where he's like, but Jesus did this yes. so that we would like, do this. Or yes. When the car didn't start and he's like, clearly this is a sign that Jesus wants us to stay home. Right. Today. <laughs> and then she's right. like, no, the devil's, the devil's doing this. Trend. Yes, yes. I also liked how they would argue in their letters of correspondence. Yes. <laughs> like they would type back and or write back and forth to each other. And I just, I mean, he would, re- like when he would read the letters, it was just so funny. It was so formal. And I thought that was such a teaching moment that she did with him to teach him how to communicate. Um, But then they were also communicating effectively. So I just I thought that was really cool. What did you like? Well, I thought one of the interesting stories where he used humor to um, to tell a story and infuse it in. But he was also sharing a lesson with us. Um, And the story that he told about when he was a five year old little boy staying at his grandmother's house with his great grandmother and he wanted to go to the bathroom. And, but, <clears throat> so basically the, the short version of the story is that, you know, he's staying with his grandmother and his, and his great-grandmother where they all live together in the house, multiple generations. Um, and I don't think they actually lived there at the time, but they were, but he spent a lot of time there. Um, they lived in a township. And it, the homes in the township really didn't, they did not have um, septic and sewer inside the homes. You mm-hmm. actually had to go outside of the homes. There was a shared, basically a shared location where you had a glorified outhouse um, that was shared between a number of families in a, in a given area within the neighborhood. And he described how terrible that was, especially as a little boy, as like a five-year-old little boy having to go out to this outhouse where you had flies and it was, you know, I mean, you had no toilet paper. It was just a very uncomfortable experience. Um, and as so as a young little boy at home alone, just with his great grandmother, who who was blind and, you know, it really, really wasn't you know, she wasn't there to watch over him. It was uh, there was a heavy downpour and he needed to, to go to the bathroom. And he decided that rather than going out to the horrible outhouse and braving the the wind and the rain and the storm, that he would just take a little poo on a piece of newspaper <laughs> and then hide it in the garbage. <laughs> his his great grandmother was there throughout right. this whole time. Yeah. Yes. And so she kind of hears what's going on, but she's blind, so she can't really hear. So Trevor thinks he's getting away with something. And um, basically, so not only is he telling a story about um, the unfairness and some of the pl- deplorable conditions of living in a township in South Africa with no running water and, and, and sewer in your home, um, but he also um, infused the idea around Christianity being a big part of their family life, but they also had the, these ancient um, non-Christian religions that that culture still was part of their um, their heritage. So. Mm-hmm. 
um, he talks about the fact that because this happened and they find this poo in the bottom of the garbage can eventually, <laughs> they realize that they they believe that someone has actually bewitched them or cursed them. Yes. And so it's sort of that, that non-Christian religion, but then in order to sort of um, break the curse, they're praying to Jesus. Yes. And, um, so it's just, it's, it's a really great story. And it just, to me, it, it, um, it really illustrated, um, sort of the genius of, uh, intersecting intersections of all these different things within his life, but telling it in a humorous way that allowed, allowed us to sort of let down our guard, but still learn something from that Mm -hmm. story. Yeah. And that would have been, you know, that would have been in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Which to me, you know, when I think of apartheid, I think that was a long time. No, it was not a long time ago at all. And that's something that I didn't didn't really know, I guess. Right. No, it didn't really sink in. So with the with thought of like the witches and the demons and um, spiritual, I have a friend who was in the Peace Corps in Africa. I forget where where she was actually, what country she was in, but um, she said that was a big thing out there too, like the witches and, and she said it would be like very educated people were were very yeah. into this. Yeah. And it wasn't like it was just like a lower level, like a lower class thing. Mm-hmm. It was like everybody was really into yeah. it. And they had like poisoners, like you were, it was very weird about, or they were very weird about handing out drinks and you had to have, your drink had to be sealed and like opened in front of you and because they had like a family of poisoners that were in the in the village and she's like, well, why wouldn't they just not eat with those people and everything <laughs> will be okay. But but I found it weird to, because you hear people who are very educated and this is a big thing with them. And mm-hmm. I thought that was- It's just um, part of the culture. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, but I did love that story and I laughed. I, did, yeah. I laughed pretty hard at that one. <laughs> you have to listen to that one on the audiobook because it's, so funny. it's hilarious because he has a voice for his grandmother and it's just, and a little boy up. voice and please Jesus. Yes. <laughs> because they would make him pray. He right. said, yeah, Trevor. Yes. Which was another interesting thing why they yeah. made him pray. But because, yeah, because yeah, he was lighter. Mm-hmm. And so they thought that God listened to to white people more than. To the lighter, yeah. yeah, right. Because the Bible's in English. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As it was originally written, I'm sure. Of course. Okay. <laughs> there was another part of the book where it says, "People love to say, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime.' What they don't say is, and it would be nice if you gave him a fishing rod. That's the part of the analogy that's missing. Working with Andrew, who is a person he had mentioned previously in the book." Was the first time in my life I realized that you need someone from privileged world to come up to say to you, okay, here's what you need and here's how it works. Talent alone would have gotten me nowhere without Andrew giving me the CD writer. People say, oh, it's a handout. No, I still have to work to profit by it. I still, but I don't stand a chance without it. Um, and I, that really spoke to me because you do hear that all the time, like this whole pull yourself up by the bootstraps idea. And, and he brings up like everybody sees something as a handout, but... Without that handout, he would have really not been able to do anything. Like he needed that assistance to be able to make him who he is today. Um, so in life, I guess when you think about who is deserving of handouts, there's so much going on around about like, you know, I work so hard. I'm not I'm not making enough or, or I'm not making enough for myself. Why do I need to help out with somebody else? So I thought, how do people really envision who deserves that handout when it took Trevor Noah being able to be given the CD writer? Um, in order to do one of his other jobs. So how do you see that give a man a fish, you know, but he needs to have a rod also concept? 
Um, you know, I made notes about this uh, same story. It, this stuck out to me as well. Um, and I think a lot of times people um, fail to recognize that they are privileged. And that's the basis for thinking that helping somebody is a mere handout. You know, when you when you can't see your own privilege and recognize that you're at a different you're at a different level, um, that changes your your viewpoint. And making the starting point equal for everybody isn't taking something away from you. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with that. But if you give somebody the opportunity to use their talents and you give them a platform that makes all the difference in the world. And, and that's why it's important for people to understand where their starting point is. If you don't even see or recognize that you have that privilege, then you helping somebody else out or seeing somebody being able to um, benefit from some kind of assistance or help, not a handout, but um, it, it, you're not going to be able to see it. Yeah, I I totally agree, and that's the exact same note that um, I made too. Just about people don't see people don't see what they don't see, or you don't know what you don't know. And if you're right. not, if you're just so unaware of your privilege, um, I just don't think you'll ever really be able to understand how it really truly is not a handout. It, but you're just again, like you said, Teresa, just getting people to like an even starting point, right? Um, and that that alone is is sometimes hard. Um, I you know I think the other thing too is that whole concept of do you have an abundance or do you have a scarcity mentality? And if yeah. you think that the pie can't get any bigger and that the pie is what it is and it's only going to get smaller and you lose your size as opposed to realizing that when you give that man that rod to fish, not only is that something for him, but he can he can catch fish for other people and feed other people. And it's, right. it's, a, it's, it's a multiplicative property as opposed to something that it shrinks down. Yeah. Do you guys ever um, – have you seen that little – meme or little image on I've seen it on social media several times where you've got the different platforms and you've got the different people who are standing on on the platforms and they're both overlooking like a wall and they're both they're all looking over this wall but in order for them to all see over the wall they all have different levels of platform that they're standing on and that makes it even and so mm-hmm. when he was talking about this part of the book that image was kind of like in my head because I'm like it's it's about making it equal and and fair for everybody everybody has is at a different starting point doesn't mm-hmm. mean that if your stump's a little bit shorter and somebody else's is higher that they're getting something better than you know it's making it all even mm-hmm. so um Trevor Noah, and you guys even mentioned with the audiobook that you liked hearing him use the different languages. And he said that that's really what helped him get far in life was because he knew how to speak so many people's languages and he could really relate to different people. And people really accepted you as one of them when you spoke their language. Mm-hmm. And so he mentions um, that, or Nelson Man, he ends up quoting Man- Nelson Mandela in the book, says, if you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes to his head. If you talk to him in his language, it goes to his heart. And he continues to say, when you make an effort to speak someone's language, even if it's just a basic phrase here and there, you are saying to them, I understand you have a culture and identity that exists beyond me. I see you as a human being. Um, I only know one language. And that really spoke to me because you often see people who are like, oh, don't don't order your food in the language of the at the restaurant because, you know, that's cheesy or whatever. Um, but then I really appreciated that he said that, like actually seeing somebody as, you know, I see you and I acknowledge your mm-hmm. your culture. And, yeah. and especially now in the United States, you hear a lot of people with, you know, you're in the United States now, speak English. And, right. you know, I'm it's not going to push, yeah. I'm not going to push 
one for English. This is my country. Right. And I kind of, I like that really went to my heart, I guess, when I read that, because I thought, you know, that's something that people who don't speak English as their native language, maybe, or even, you know, if they do understand English, but it's just easier. Because I think if I would go to another country and knew that language, I would still really easily fall back on English whenever I could, because it's just my native language. Um, and just kind of how that must feel all the time. And then having somebody actually speak in your language, how, how welcomed that must feel for you also. And so I really, that stood out to me, I guess, as how I should look at that a little bit differently in my everyday life. And so I wanted to know how that made you guys feel or what you thought of that. I, too, only know one language. <laughs> so you're not alone, Rachel. Thank you. Um, but I think it depends on how you approach other people. Like if it's some if you're trying to connect with somebody, you know, with a, who speaks a different language or on their in their culture um, and you approach it in a respectful way, I think that that intent and that um, kind of respect can be felt by whoever's on the receiving end of that. And I think there's a lot of ways that we can communicate respect and admiration non-verbally too. So mm -hmm. even if you're trying to, you know, speak a few words of their language, um, I think that that can be very well received and, and it, it shows that you're, um, you're respectful of, of their difference, which I think right. a lot of people are like, you know, it's the whole, well, I don't see color. It's like, well, no, it's okay to see differences and it's I okay to embrace that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's good to embrace and acknowledge and celebrate and, um, you know, just, just embrace those differences. Um, and it, it, it's almost like you're, you're saying, you know, I, I see you, I hear you, you exist, you know, you're valuable, you're worthy. You know, I think that can go along. And I had never heard that quote by Nelson Mandela and it, that's, it's pretty impactful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of had a different perspective on the whole language thing because I think you know we we think of languages in you know Tower of Babel or the five different languages that are spoken in this country but I think about it in terms of I actually do think there are lots of different languages we speak here in the United States um, and I think there is a lot of code switching that goes on the, in the United States if you think about um, all you know. Um, black language or black black terminology or things that are th the way that you might um, approach somebody in the black community versus maybe someone from the South or someone from California or New York City. Um, I think when you're in certain business cultures, we do code switching. You you know you know how to sort of change your language or change the way that you approach things according to the audience mm -hmm. that you're with. Yeah. So to me, it's kind of the same idea, and I think anybody who is um, a minority in the United States, you are forced to speak different languages. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I, I don't know about you, but I, I know I have those moments where sometimes it's like, wow, I just want to be, I want to be with some black people because it's different. You know, yeah. I don't have to run that translation through my head. It's yeah. just, you can let your guard down and you can be who you are. And there's a certain sense of, of relief and comfort. And I think it's kind of the same idea. Yeah. You know, kind of in a similar when you were like, I just want to be around some black people. Um, I noticed that sometimes I'll think things in like a real slang fashion. But then when I go to say them, I'll flip, flip it back because I don't want to be like imposing on a culture or like I don't deserve to. I'm not really in that 
Like appropriation kind of. Yeah. 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 So sometimes I'll think things like I want to make a really sassy text to somebody and I'll be like, oh, well, and then I'll switch it back through and be like, well, I do not really think right. that Let that's a good I might just me... be being thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like the person would necessarily care. It's not like I'm t- texting my boss or anything. Yeah. <laughs> but you do bring up a really valid point, and I hadn't really viewed it that way about the code switching, Charlotte. Um, it, it does depend on your audience, and it depends on the environment that you're in. You know, you're going to speak a certain way when you're approaching you know, your colleagues at work versus, you know, your family members at the family barbecue. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's definitely, it's, that's, that's a really good point. I like how you interpreted that. Well, thank you. Okay. So we're moving on and we are going to talk about taking some action this week. I don't have a song like Charissa. But, you know, <laughs> a song <laughs> taking action. Oh. <laughs> you're silly. So so for our taking action segment for this week, um, the item that I wanted to share with everyone is actually something that's going on here in Columbus. So if you're in Columbus, this is something that you can actually take um, take part in and participate in. It's called The Big Table, and it's actually um, a program that's been going on for, I think, a couple of years. It's sponsored by the Columbus Foundation. And the next Big Table event is coming up. It will be on August 28th. And the way that they describe this event, they call it a day of community building through conversations designed to connect and inspire Central Ohio. Um, So the whole idea is that you have open, thoughtful conversations that are going to spark new relationships and new ways of working together um, within the community. So there's a couple of different ways you can participate. There are some some public um, big table events. So there are events happening at the Columbus Foundation, um, also at the Worthington Library. Um, there are a couple of locations on Ohio St- um, on the Ohio State campus. Um, even Jenny's is um, offering a um, a big table conversation. I'm guessing that one's going to be pretty popular. That's um, right. You've got my attention. <laughs> yeah. So I would definitely encourage you to check out um, the the columbusfoundation.org website and you'll see links there for the big table and you'll see instructions for how you can sign up for one of those public conversations or you could decide to actually host your own big table conversation. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to participating in one of those this year. I've got a colleague that has invited a number of us to participate um, in one of those conversations that's specifically focused on race. news what's going on in the news today ladies oh there's so much in the news <laughs> there's so much there's a lot in your topic lord well one thing that stuck out to me when it comes to in the news um the columbus dispatch uh had an article that was written by the ywca columbus ceo christy angel and um the article was in response to some of the president's tweets telling some congresswomen to go back to their country of origin. Hmm. Um, we won't get into that whole conversation, <laughs> but I mentioned it just to give a little context about her article. Um, but her main point was, is that talking about race is good, but taking action is even more impactful. Um, and the thoughts and ideas she expressed in her article can be applied to any situation where racist rhetoric is being displayed. Um, And I loved how she said, 
that in terms of speaking out against racism, she said, but we need to be just as upset about the systems of marginalization that unchecked have led to a staggering racial and gender wealth gap, mm-hmm. affordable housing crisis across the country, increased poverty and more. And um, she also states, we continue to take action because we believe in leading by example. And she was referring specifically to the YWCA Columbus. But I feel like that's something that we can all do as individuals. You know, we all have our part to play mm-hmm. when it comes to what are we doing to to make a change in our immediate world and, and in our society. Um, we have to participate and at the end of her article, she gives five actions that you can take to get involved. And that's kind of, you know, been kind of our thing that we've been doing with taking action, which Charlotte just shared with us. And and one of those things that she mentioned was the big table um, talk and that she said that that's something that you can do to to get involved in. But it's the action part. Talking about it is important, mm-hmm. but we also have to take action. Mm. And one thing that I really liked that she pointed out is that we need to venture outside of our norm. You know, we're, we're creatures of habit and we tend to lean toward things that are similar to ourselves. But it kind of reminded me of what Trevor Noah was talking about with, you know, teaching somebody or giving somebody a fish, but giving them uh, a fishing pole to actually fish with. There are so many opportunities for us to get involved um, and not just talk about it, but take some action to it. And you might actually be somebody that gives somebody else that fishing pole. Mm-hmm. And that could be the step up that they need. You know, you could have all the talent in the world, like Trevor said, but if nobody gives you the opportunity to utilize that talent, it's not going to go anywhere. And mm-hmm. everybody wins when everybody's participating. Everybody has an opportunity to share their their talents. Everybody wins. So in summary, it's important to be talking about it and taking action. It's both that matter. So I encourage you to go read that article. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I bet you'll be encouraged. All right. We will definitely include a link to that article um, in the podcast notes. Um, And actually, I think that's a a great additional taking action item. The YWCA offers a lot of opportunities for people to participate in the programs that they offer. And they have all kinds of programs. They Mm -hmm. have, if if you're a single adult, if you're a couple, they even have programs that you can do or ways that you can participate with your family yes. um, and uh, appropriate for all different ages. So uh, definitely another place where if you want to actually figure out how to go take that step and maybe get to know somebody that's a little bit different from you, that's a place where you could do it mm-hmm. um, in, in a service oriented um, right. manner. All right, ladies. Well, thanks for another great discussion. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you next week. Um, In next week's episode, we are going to be talking about reparations which happens to be an incredibly popular topic right now. But we are going to you know, go back a little bit. We're going to uh, do a rewind to 2014 and discuss one of the most popular um, articles on reparations, The Case for Reparations, uh, written by ta Coates, um, that was published in the Atlantic Monthly. So be sure to join us next week. Thanks again. Thank you. It was fun talking to you. See you later. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Bound for Justice. Join us next week for another conversation about creating change in our lives and the communities we live in.